Welcome to the podcast, Let the Prophet Speak. Today we are going to study together Nehemiah, that's Nehemiah chapter 9. We had just um, read in the last chapter about how the people gathered on the first day of Tishri on Rosh Hashanah. They gathered with Ezra, leading them, teaching them the Torah, reading them the Torah, and the reaction of the people, the initial reaction was overwhelming sorrow and sadness that they had not been keeping the Torah properly. Um, however, Ezra and all of the other people who were teaching the Torah to, to the nation reminded them that this is a holiday, this is time for celebration. <clears throat> and then they celebrated Sukkot together. We read about how the beautiful uh, uh, verses about how they celebrated Sukkot and, and, and Ezra read the Torah every day and the people were learning more and more and more and celebrating the holiday of Shemini Atzeret. After all of those holidays are over, that they end on the Shuni Atzeret is the 23rd day of the month of Tishrei. So on the 24th day, now the people returned to the mood that they started with. The mood that how can we rectify all of these mistakes and problems and lack of knowledge, lack of experience, lack of any knowledge of the Torah of God. Um, and they returned to the sadness that they had started with. Um, but before they celebrated the holidays together, then on the 24th day, this is the first verse, uh, on the 24th day of this month of Tishrei, the same month, then the people gathered together and fasting and in sackcloth with earth on them. This was the way people would mourn and express their sadness. Um, <clears throat> so now that the holidays are over, they're back to the very depressed mood of people that were missing so much and so much time was lost, so much worship and service of God was lost. If you recall, and, and we're about to learn the next verse, and this is going to be an important theme in this chapter, Nehemiah, when he was bragging in chapter, not bragging, that's the wrong word, I'm sorry. When Nehemiah was telling God and in, in verse 5, talking of his own virtues, he was talking then and and asking God for help with, with the people. He said, I was transparent, I was honest, I was good. I invited people to my home to eat. Nehemiah made it a point to express, and all of the people from the nations around us that wanted to join us, I welcomed them with open arms and fed them at my table. Um, and most of the commentaries understand that to mean the welcoming in of converts from the other nations of the land. We learned this in Ezra as well, how when the people brought the first carbon Pesach, the first Paschal Lamb, on the first Passover celebrated, again Ezra emphasized how the people that had separated themselves from the ways of the nations that wanted to join the people were invited with open arms to join and convert to Judaism. These were the Gerim, the converts, that we discussed. However, at the same time, the people were also intermarrying with many people who were not willing to separate themselves from those bad ways and not willing to separate themselves from the idolatrous race. And those people, um, uh, they needed to separate from them because they were a very bad influence. And um, in the marriages, we discussed in Ezra how those marriages needed to be broken up. So, Vayibadlu Zerah Yisrael, this is verse 2, the children of Israel, those that were faithful, Mikol B'nei Nechar, they separated themselves from all of those who were children of strange gods. Vayamdu, um, Vayisfadu, Al-Chatoseim, and they stood up and they 
um, confessed their sins before God, and they confessed the sins of their forefathers. This does not mean, of course, that a son can can do tshuva, can repent for their forefathers, but they confessed before God, look at us, look at the fact that um, we come from families that for generations have been lost, generations have been misinformed, generations have not uh, lived the way we were supposed to live. By Akumu Alamdam, and standing in their places, and they continued to read Besefer Torah Adonai Eloheim Reviatayom for a quarter of the day. For I guess that's uh, uh, three hours into the day, they read the Torah, the Reviat Misfadim, and then another quarter of the day, they were confessing Mishtachavim and bowing Adonai Eloheim to the Lord their God. And on the raised on the raised platform <coughs> which the Levites used when they uh, when they led the people when they sang when they led the people in prayer and led the people in learning Torah there was a raised wooden platform this may be the same platform that Ezra used to read the Torah maybe a different one um, the the following people stood up Yeshua Uvani Kadmiel Shivanya Buni Sherevia Bani Chenani the, the, those were the people who stood up by Isaacu Bekol Gadol, and they cried out in a loud voice of Adonai Eloheim to the, uh, to the Lord their God. By Yomru Halavim, and these Levim, um, uh, many of these are the same names as the people listed before. Um, so some of them were the same, some of them were different. Yeshua, Vikadmiel, Boni, Chashavnia, Sherevia, Hodia, Shivanya, Pesachia. These, uh, these of the Levites, Kumu, they said, Kumu baruchu et Adonai Eloheichem, get up, re- stand up, and give praise to the Lord your God, mina olam ad olam, from this world until the next world. The echoes of this sentence we say it every day in the, in the prayer services mm-hmm. are designed this way, to get up and say, baruchu es Hashem ha-mavorach, this is a, uh, this is a, uh, um, this is where, this is where it comes from, this is where we learn this from. And then the people responded with, just like we do today, we respond by blessing God. And the, and and um, and you, I'm, I'm sorry, this is not the response. This is the 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 Levim, the Levites still stating, and you in plural should bless your meaning God's great. Honorable name, Umiromam, your name which is exalted, Al Kobracha over any blessing or praise. In other words, we're praising you, we're blessing you, God, but we're also acknowledging that none of our praise could possibly uh, be sufficient for your praise. Atahu Adonai Levadecha, you are uh, alone, God. You are singular. You are. Um, there, this is a recognition of the unity of God, of the oneness. Um, this is the basis of monotheism being stated here out loud and clear. There is nothing like you. You are the one who created the heavens. And the heavens of the heavens. And all of the hosts, in other words, all of the stars and all of the heavenly bodies and everything that exists, every power in the world, you are the creator of it. You also created the land, not just the heavens, but this planet Earth. And everything that is upon Earth. Hayamim, the seas, the seas, and all of the myriads of creatures that live within the seas. 
and you give life to all of them. Even the hosts of the heavens, the stars and the constellations and the galaxies, they bow to you. They are nothing before you. These are in times when they thought that these bodies, heavenly bodies had powers. Um, but now we know even more, they're extremely powerful, even more powerful than anyone in those days could possibly have imagined, more than we can even imagine. And, and we realize that these powers are only de- derived of, from their creator, God. Atohu Adonai Elohim, you are the Lord God. You are God. Adonai meaning you are, that's your name, God, and Elohim, you are the God. Asher Bacharta Avram. You chose the um, special person whose name was Avram. This is the Abraham's name before it was changed. And you brought him out of Or Kastim from the place where he, where he started his career, where he was uh, born and raised and grew up. And you brought him out from that place um, when you told him to go to travel to Israel. And you made his name Avraham. And they're pointing this out. They're, this is a review of history, starting with creation of the world, turning to God mentioning God's greatness first by talking about how he created the entire world and then how the chosen people came about starting with Avram who challenged him by asking him to leave or cost him to leave the place of his birth you changed his name and said because you are special to me Avraham you will be the father of all nations Avraham these words are of course very familiar to us from the Siddur, from the Shachrit prayer, from the morning prayer. Um, every morning we say these words. Um, uh, you have found uh, a- Abraham's heart trustworthy before you, which is, this is defining, this is the defining understanding of why the chosen people were the chosen people. Because Abraham was trustworthy before you. It was because Abraham demonstrated that he... Um, was special. Avram demonstrated his trust, his faith in you, starting with leaving or cost him, and then by fulfilling the tasks that God put in front before him, Avraham demonstrated his faithfulness and therefore God chose him. This is a, a clear argument for the rationalistic, uh, uh, Maimonidean understanding of the origins of the chosen people that began not because there's something innately different about uh, the soul of of Avraham and and his and his descendants, but rather because Avraham made that choice to recognize God and made that choice to be Neeman Lefanecha, which is why God Asher to be Avraham. That's why you God chose him. Bicharosi and after choosing him, you made a covenant with him. to give him the land in which the Kena'anim, the Canaanites live, also the Chiti, the Hittites, the Amori, the Amorites, the Aprizi and the Perizites, the Hayavusi and the Jebusites, the Girgashi and the Girgashites, that lived in that land, Lasez Lazaro, you made a covenant with Abraham that you would give that land to his descendants, Vatokem Mistvorecha, and you have fulfilled your words. Here we are, the people back. because you are righteous, you are just. God, you fulfill your promises, and you do. Uh, and you'll see after we read this um, speech and review of history that the people are giving now um, on this day, um, 
that their understanding of this Beris, this understanding of this covenant, and what God agreed to give the people this land, and he did, and the people will soon, will get there, I don't know about this podcast, I think the next one, what they agreed to do back for God. They continue their review of history, moving on from Abraham to Egypt. You saw the suffering of our forefathers when they were in Egypt. And then you again, you were, in other words, you, you saw their poverty, you saw their suffering, and you redeemed them. Um, filling in the blanks. And then your cries you heard Al Yamsuf when they were at the Sea of Reeds, when they were at the Red Sea, and they were about to be attacked and killed by the Egyptians. <laughs> you listened to them. And how did you save them? Verse 10. And you made signs and wondrous deeds, incredible miracles and signs that. Um, uh, uh, it within, or against Pharaoh and all of his servants against his entire nation his entire population they all saw the wondrous miracles that you performed against them because you knew that, um, that they had treated them meaning they the Egyptians had treated them uh, Abraham's descendants the Jewish people the Israelites they had treated them in an improper way. In other words, the Os and the Mophes, what was the sign and the wonder? Was that they were punished because you, God, know, you, God, understand. This is one of the key and essential components of the basis of Judaism, and that is that God knows and understands true justice and meets out justice because he understands and he knows that that which the Egyptians had done to the people of Israel was was Zayd, was Hezidu was unjust, was unrighteous, was cruel. And in this way, by acting justly, and people should see that you act in such a way, you made yourself a reputation that endures to this day. Um, I like that translation. I've seen it in places that endures to this day because people know and look at God as the source of justice. And what did you do? What was this? thing, you split the sea in front of them, and your people went through the midst of the sea, they walked on dry land, however, those that were their pursuers, you threw into the depths, like a stone falls into raging waters, no matter how much the waters are rocking around, the stone still sinks to the bottom, and that's what happened, uh, this this that's the, concludes the portion that we read every morning, but we continue. But the people continued to speak, and this was at the time after they had learned the Torah together. They had studied the Torah. Now they're they're t- internalizing this, internalizing the messages, the key key messages that the Torah teaches. And with a pillar of cloud, you led them through the wilderness in the daytime. And a pillar of flame, you led them through the wilderness at night. To light for them. The proper way for them to go. And then they move on to Harsinai. They move on to the Mount Sinai. And then you came down to this earth. Your presence, God, so to speak to the extent that we can understand such things. Um, the, um, you came down to Harsinai, and you spoke to them, they heard your words speaking to them from heaven. And what did you give to them? You didn't 
I command them to give to 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 um to do bad things, to do things in, in God's name, to do violence. But no, you gave them mishpatim yisharim, laws that are just, the Torah emes, and teachings that are true, chukim umitzvot tovim, laws and commandments that are good, that are meant to help, that are meant to be good. Viat Shabbat kachucha, and they choose which, which law do they specifically uh, single out first. That is probably the most important <coughs> of the mitzvot, one of the Ten Commandments, of course, and the one which is the bedrock of Jewish life, and that is Shabbat Kachucha, your holy Shabbat, Hodato Lehem, you let them know, you told them this is a Shabbat, this is what you're supposed to celebrate, and this is how. Mitzvot v'chukim v'torah, and other commandments, of course, too, you gave them, <coughs> and other laws, and other teachings, Tzivitzalem, you commanded them, Biyad Moshe Avdecha, through whom, through Moshe and Moses, your servant. And you gave them bread from the heavens, the, the man or the manu, and water you brought out from a rock in order to satisfy their thirst. And you told them that it is their job to come and inherit the land that you had sworn to give them. This is a fascinating little piece here. <clears throat> and that is that, that the people understood that God gave it to, God made a promise to give them the land, but in the same sentence, that you should come, they understood that God made them a promise, but it's part of this covenant, it's part of an agreement, which the people have to do their part, which was they have to conquer the land. Um, which is not only, and, and here you would think that they're referring to conquering the land militarily, which to some extent is the case, but it's not really the case, as we're about to see in the next verse. How is it that the people were supposed to inherit the land by keeping the mitzvot and the Torah and the Shabbat and the things that we just mentioned in the last verse? Because that's why in the next verse the people continue to say, hezidu. What did the people do? They acted hezidu. They acted criminally. They acted unjustly. Now, it's very important that they choose to use the same term to describe the, 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 the people who came into the land of Israel, the people of Judah, the, their ancestors, as they described the way the Egyptians treated the Jewish people when they were in Egypt. They used the same language of Hezidu. Now, this is incredible if you think about it. This is incredible because what they're trying to say is, is that you freed them from Egypt in, in a just manner because the Egyptians were, were evil, the Egyptians were corrupt. And when they came and they set their own land, they made it corrupt themselves. And this goes back to Nehemiah 5. If you look back a couple chapters ago, we read when Nehemiah said to the people that were enslaving their brothers by making them indebted and, and, <clears throat> and, and um, demanding uh, a repayment at, at, at high interest rates and so on, Nehemiah said to them that it, for this, the other na- this is why God redeemed you from slavery. We were enslaved when we were in exile. Did we come back in order to go and enslave our own brothers? This is echoing. Now the people recognize here in chapter 9, this themselves, they recognize that this is what we did wrong. We started acting like the Egyptians. Not 
because we started treating our own brethren, our own neighbors, the same way that we were treated when we were slaves, the way the rich enslaved the poor. This is Nehemiah. Uh, uh, this is the teaching that Nehemiah tried to teach them back then. They finally took it to heart. And what did they do? They were Hezidu. They acted contemptuously. They acted evil towards their brothers. And they became stubborn. They did not listen to your mitzvot. And they refused to listen. They forgot about all of those great wonders that you had done with them and the lesson of justice that you tried to teach them. They were stubborn. And they went ahead. And they decided that they were going to um, um, <clears throat> uh, return back to their slavery in their rebelliousness. This is number one in reference to how the people said when they were in the desert, let's just go back to Egypt. And whenever they were complaining, they used to say that. But this also means they were going to go back to their slavery. In other words, they never got themselves, they never got the slavery mentality out of themselves they, they never understood that they were free and they're supposed to subser- be subservient to God and God only. And they, and they continued this pattern of people slaving each other. And you, the God of, of forgiveness, you are the God of forgiveness. You are merciful and you are kind. You are patient. You are full of kindness. And you did not abandon them despite their behavior. Even when they went and they made a, um, a, a golden calf, a calf made out of, of melted metal, and they spit in your face by saying, this is, is your God. They pointed to each other and said, look, fellow Jews, this is your God that took you out of Egypt. And they did such terrible ne'atzot. Ne'atzot is 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 um is uh, uh, bad things someone does to someone else, like you poke and stick it in their in their in in in, in their face. Now, uh, you did that's what they did to God. and you in your great mercy, You did not abandon them in the desert, even though you might one might think you should have. You did not take away the pillar of cloud to show them the road. You did not take away the pillar of fire at nighttime to give them light and um, to show them the way that they should go upon. Uh, I think because this is a long chapter, um, I think this is a good uh, there isn't really a great stopping point because it all continues, but I think that this at this point, and we just finished um, um, uh, verse 19. So this will be Nehemiah 9a, and we'll finish chapter 9 when we do Nehemiah 9b together. Thank you so much for studying this together. Mm-hmm. Looking forward to studying 9b, finishing this chapter, and of course the whole wonderful book of Nehemiah together.